0: Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy B and T.C. on 1700 KBGG. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing.
1: All right, everybody, it's our second hour as we continue to cruise along here on a Monday. Uh, we already had a conversation with Tom Cakert. It was great stuff. Al Yellen joins us now. SB Nation, Bleed Cubby Blue. He joins us on the Draft House 50 Hotline. Uh, he has already gone through four rolls of toilet paper, wiping the tears from his eyes after the Yankees swept the Cubs at Wrigley. Al, are you holding up okay?
2: I need to wipe the sleep, uh, the sleepiness <laughs> out of my eyes. I mean, I, you know, that's one fifteen in the morning. Is not. I mean, it's fun to see a baseball game that's that long. It's kind of cool. It's different, but it's uh, the aftermath is not fun.
1: No, you're right. Speaking of the aftermath, what is your assessment now? Of the Cubs after they were swept at home.
2: Well, you know, they, uh, there's there's a couple issues here. They've obviously had trouble with starting pitching uh, all year. Obviously, Brett Anderson was awful on Saturday. Now he's on the disabled list. Don Lester threw threw a great game. Uh, you know, matched up pretty well with with those Yankee bats. But uh, the bullpen blew that, and then the Cubs could just not generate any offense for for nine innings. Uh, they had a great comeback against the oldest Chapman. That was kind of that was pretty inspiring. You know, we know how tough Chapman can be to, to hit him like that. That was good. Uh, but they need to get a more more consistency in just about every area, I think.
3: Well, bigger than uh, any of the three losses over the weekend, a big concern, the run that uh, scored it on the hit-by pitch that Anthony Rizzo took. X-rays came back negative right away, all good on that front. You going to expect, though, Rizzo maybe to get a, a break tonight and uh, sit this one out against the Rockies?
2: Um, you know, that would be a good idea, but Rizzo's the kind of guy who never wants to sit. Right. So, uh, you know, if he's healthy enough to play... I'm sure he'll play. One thing to think about during this Rocky series is the weather forecast out there is just awful. Uh, mm-hmm. There's chances of rain all three days, yep. so you know you may have some some rain delay issues or, or possible postponements uh, in Colorado. It's not you know not as if the Cubs haven't had bad enough weather this spring. This last homestand, I, I can't remember a homestand in May that had such consistently cold temperatures for an entire week.
1: Al, my my question is. With it being cold, look, teams play in the cold. We know that, but this is May. It's supposed to warm up at least a little bit, and it just hasn't yet. Has that gotten any effect on some teams? Why they're struggling?
2: Uh, it might be. I mean, there are some. There are definitely some players that play better in warmer conditions. Um, but you know, the, the old the old saying is, both teams have to play in it. So it really can't be used as an excuse. Uh, it, the weather is what it is. You got you got to go out there and play in it, just like the other guys do.
3: Al Yellen, Bleed Cubby Blue, joining us on the Draft House 50 Hotline, taking a look at the Cubs. And, well, as you go through and a lot of people are kind of searching for answers why this team uh, is struggling a little bit. It's it's not anything where you're wondering, uh, is this due for a teardown? We understand that. They're just going through a rough stretch. That's all well and good. But one thing that's been consistent throughout the year has been the struggles of the starting pitching in the first inning. Uh, gave up another one, I think, it, what was it, through Sunday Forty one runs in their thirty one games that they've given up in the first standing. You just don't see things like that happen. Any reason that you've been able to decipher Al?
2: I can't figure this out either. It's really inexplicable and obviously the, the Cubs coaching staff hasn't been able to figure it out either because otherwise you'd think it would it would it would stop. Um, these guys you know, these guys were really good last year. There, there's only one difference in the starting rotation and that's you know, Brett Anderson or whoever replaces him mm-hmm. instead of Jason Hamill. Uh, the other four guys are back, so I don't know what it is that they're doing or not doing. There was some talk that that they maybe didn't get enough innings in spring training. There was some uh, apparently some thought that there might be some issue with with velocity, not just for Jake Arrieta or Kyle Hendricks, who were mentioned, but maybe for everybody because they threw somewhat fewer innings during spring training than they did a year ago, and maybe they're just now starting to ramp up. So, but you're right. I mean, it's it's got to stop, and I, I just hope the coaching staff can figure out what's going on in that first inning. Maybe they should just tell the pitchers when they go out to the mound for the first inning that, "Hey, guy, it's the second inning.
4: <laughs> right?
3: Do something, <laughs> anything, anything, <laughs> anything but the first.
1: Why don't they just? Why don't they do like they do the intentional walk? Okay, first inning against the Cubs, we spot you two. Let's start the second <laughs> inning.
2: Well, let's talk about those intentional walks now. I've started calling them Manfreds. I think they should. they that should be the official name. Call them a the Manfred because it's all his idea. You know, he had a six-hour and five-minute game uh, last night, and there were four of those. So I'm glad we saved the two minutes out of that six-hour and five-minute game.
3: My help, my help. <laughs> hey Al. So uh, Thursday they had a long game. Of course, last night the ridiculously long game. Fortunately I wasn't able to make it. I uh, fell asleep. It was the fifteenth is all I was able to make. I was make watching it to. King Kong, the original. Oh, Jimmy B was watching movies. Uh, but they're gonna need some help now. And you mentioned the Anderson news. Uh, let's start down here in Des Moines. Eddie Butler's uh, had some pretty good starts. It's a guy that you know, they're trying to rework much in the way of Jake Arietta. Is that probably the top guy they're looking at to take that fifth spot?
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's, that's what I would do if if, if I if I were wanted to replace um, Brett Anderson right now, is Eddie Butler would be the guy. I saw Eddie Butler throw in spring training. He looked real good. I know he missed a little bit of time on the disabled list, but he had a nice outing on Saturday, and I think that's what that's what they're considering. You know, they're also considering Mike Montgomery, but then if you do that, you got to replace Montgomery in the bullpen. So there, there you have to do more shifting around. The other thing with Montgomery is that he just he has command problems. He he doesn't always throw strikes, and i I'd much I think I'd, I I would prefer to see Eddie Butler take that spot.
1: Having a conversation right now with Al Yellen, Bleed Cubby Blue. Always good information from him. Okay, so you talked a little bit about the poor weather in Colorado and all of that. So, if they get rained out uh, a couple of days, wouldn't that be a good thing if you're a Chicago Cubs fan so everybody can get rested again?
2: Well, you'd think, we, you know, with all the long games and the cold weather, uh, you kind of do a little reset of the season. Uh, they do have two off days coming up. They're off on Thursday. They're off next Monday. So you know if they if they don't play a couple days in, in Colorado, then you're looking at you know playing maybe two games in a week. That that isn't optimal either. So I don't know really what the answer is. Uh, it, it maybe it wouldn't hurt to have one rain out so you can kind of reset things. On the other hand, this is the Cubs' only visit to Colorado, so they might get stuck playing a doubleheader if it rained out.
3: Well, uh, Al. Yesterday, I saw up on Bleed Cubby Blue you had an article looking at uh, some possibilities of adding some depth, and one of the names, Doug Fister, a guy that's still a free agent, veteran guy that's been around for a long time, has had some certainly positive moments in his career. Your thoughts on him, and then go down the trade market. I mean, at this point, there are it's still very early, but Toronto has really got off to a difficult start. They got some names that certainly would be of interest of a lot of people out there. Kansas City's off to a terrible start. Any names early here on the trade market that uh, at least made your maybe ears perk up a little bit?
2: Uh, Well, somebody mentioned to me yesterday that comes out of, you know, because the Giants are also off to a terrible start. You know, without Madison Bumgarner, you know, their playoff hopes have got to be hurt. And somebody actually said to me, you know, the Cubs maybe ought to make a run at Johnny Cueto. Mm. And, you know, (laughs) that Yeah, sure. That'd be great. With the, you know, the, the, getting a guy like Cueto is going to be a, a pretty high cost right. in terms of prospects. And I don't know if if, if the Cubs want to go that way after having, you know, traded away a lot of guys last year to get Chapman. And, and mm-hmm. you know, don't get me wrong. I'd make that trade a hundred times out of a hundred because they won, and that was the reason to, to make a deal like that. But I don't know if you want to do it again two years in a row. Um, even though there's a lot of depth in the system, uh, you don't want to get rid of all the depth at once. Uh, Doug Fister, you know, he, he didn't have a real good year last year. His talk, He had some velocity issues. But maybe, you know, on a minor league deal, there's really no risk there. You know, he, 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 send him to Des Moines where you guys are and have him throw for a month. If he's bad, then you just release him. If he's good, maybe he can help the team for a couple of months.
1: I got a question on Starlin Castro. What was the reaction like all weekend for him?
2: You know, Starlin Castro got very a very warm welcome, welcome back. The Cubs, Cubs ran a tribute video to him, which was well-received. Well Got a nice ovation and tipped his cap on his first at bat, and I think uh, you know everybody was really you know feeling very good about Starlin. Uh, I think people have you know generally good memories of his time as a Cub, and I'm happy for him. He's he's doing well with the Yankees, and, and I'm happy that he's 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 found a spot where he seems to fit in pretty well.
3: Yeah, good to see, and a guy that was part of the rebuild during mm-hmm. the lean years yep. uh, with the Cubs, and uh, good to see him get that kind of ovation back there at Wrigley Field. Well, some guys are uh, going through a rough stretch right now. We mentioned Rizzo taking that one off the forearm uh, last night. We'll see about him. Uh, Another name that I'm kind of wondering about is Kyle Schwarber. Made the great play defensively, still under the Mendoza line. We know defensively he's never going to be a stalwart out there in left field. But overall, when you look at a little bit of pop, but maybe not what some people are expecting, just your overall thoughts here, what, six weeks into, five weeks into this, on Kyle Schwarber.
2: I think that's you know it's still a little too early to make a judgment. Again, you know the weather's been really bad and that's it's tough to hit in. Uh, he's played a much better left field than I think anybody would have expected. That catch yesterday was just, I mean, he fell into the seats. That that catch was that catch was almost exactly where the bullpen mound used to be. So right. if you get an idea of, of, of where that was, and you know he's still drawing walks. He had a couple of hits last night. I, I think he'll be fine. He'll he will be fine. Uh, you know you can't I, you don't want to make too many judgments people going through slumps for a week or two in, in late April or early May.
1: Al, look, this is it's a long season, 162 games. Did you get the impression, and look, we didn't expect them to have the sort of opening that they had last year when they jumped out the all those victories and maintained that lead and just coasted. But didn't you expect this team with the talent that it has to be – Four or five games in front by now,
2: no, because you you, you can't necessarily make that kind of judgment um, this early in the season. I mean four or five games in front would have pretty much meant that they had had a start like they did last year uh, and and it's it's not really possible to sustain that kind of winning for that long. you know they they were playing kind of like this at the beginning of 2015, uh, and then you know then then went on that great run starting in late July for the rest of the season uh so and then won 97 games so in 2015 there were only they were only six games over 500 at the end of july so there's no there's no reason why this team can't go on you know a six or eight game winning streak sometime soon and then everybody will say oh yeah those are the cubs and they'll be just fine mm-hmm. uh now you know a, a month or two from now if they're still muddling around 500 then you might want to get a little concerned right now i'm not concerned
3: well, the uh, Cardinals had a terrible start of their own, got off to a 3-9 and nine start, and it looked like that might be a team in some deep trouble. The bullpen, though, was turned it around. They get a sweep over the weekend. They're sitting there. Uh, the Reds are in first place, but I don't think, Al, anybody believes in this Young's Reds team that they're going to be able to keep up at that kind of pace. Uh, the Cardinals playing better. Is that maybe creating a little bit of angst at, at the very least? Hey, we might actually get a race this year.
2: I don't think so. I mean, I, you know, the Cardinals are a good team. They do seem to find ways to win. They've got some good ball players. They've also had some injury issues recently, uh, and, you know, they've got their flaws. Uh, everybody in the division has flaws, including the Cubs, but I think the Cubs have fewer flaws than the other teams, and in the end, they'll, they'll be fine. You, you're right about the Reds. Uh, that, that's a mirage. That pitching staff mm-hmm. is eventually going to get just pounded into submission.
1: Is Milwaukee for real or not?
2: Um, the Brewers you know, have some good young players. They're doing a, a rebuild similar to what, what the Cubs did. I think they're you know, a year or two behind. Uh, could they play 500 ball this year? Maybe. Um, that team doesn't have you know, the stars that, that, uh, that, that some of the other uh, ball clubs have or, or the real you know, top young players like the Cubs brought up, or like we saw with the Yankees. I mean, Aaron Judge looks like the real deal. Is Eric Thames the real deal? I, too early to judge on that, too. Uh, the, to me, the Brewers look, look like about a 500 ball club,
3: which is an improvement of where they are. Yes. Their minor league system's pretty good. They had, uh, is that the team maybe over the next, if you're talking five years, you kind of look at in the Central. Maybe it won't be the Cardinals. It could be the Brewers if if that young farm system that does look pretty deep right now does pan out.
2: Yeah, it could be. I mean, they're they're like I said, they're doing a, a Cubs style rebuild, and it seems to be you know already bearing some fruit. So yeah, that that's a team that is definitely a team to look out for in the next you know next. Three to five years, I would say.
3: Well, Al, before uh, we let you go, I want to get your thoughts. Uh, I know you've been to Wrigley a lot this year, all the changes. We talked about it a few weeks ago, uh, some of the different things. You mentioned the bullpen there with Schwarber, and that's why it popped back into my mind. But uh, give us for people that haven't been to Wrigley yet, waiting for the summer months and the kids out of school that will be making the trip over there, uh, a couple of new positives that you really like and maybe a negative that's out there right now with new Wrigley.
2: Well the biggest thing that, that people who are going to the game will notice uh, when they get to the ballpark is the opening of the plaza that they're calling the park at Wrigley, which is on the west side of the of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. They, there's, there's a big open area where you know people can just hang out for the game they do sell some food and drink out there. Um, there's also the the Cubs office building which has a huge new Cubs retail store on the first floor they got tons and tons of merchandise. They have, a, they have a room where you can see the World Series trophy if it's there. You may have to wait in, in a line, but there are opportunities to have pictures taken with the trophy. So that that should be a real popular thing. And they, 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 off of the plaza, there's a brand-new gate into Wrigley on the west side of the park, which did not exist before. That has really helped out in terms of easing some of the congestion that people sometimes would see on the lower concourse at Wrigley Field. Now, if There's another entrance and you know the thing that I, I the thing that I really don't like I really miss having not having the bullpens on the field. Uh, I think it's uh, it's it you know I understand I understand why they did it, and I really wish the Cubs had just said you know we want to put some more seats in because mm-hmm. that's really what's all about. It's all about putting 500 new high priced seats in the ballpark. And I get that this is it's all about making money. We want to have good ballplayers and pay them. You got to have the money to pay them. But I do miss seeing the bullpens on the field.
1: Uh, see, I I don't. I don't care uh, as far as the bullpens. Look, I know it was longstanding in that particular stadium, but most clubs now, the the stadiums that are built, they don't have the bullpens on the field.
2: That's right. I mean, that's true. The The, the only ones that are left now with bullpens on the field are San Francisco, mm-hmm. Oakland, and Tampa. And, it, you know, to me, it's, it's less the tr- just the tradition is just kind of being able to see what the pitchers are doing, watch them warm up. And even the pitchers themselves say, you know, we don't feel like we're part of the game. Because they're I, sitting I can they're, see that yeah I can they're see sitting that. in a heated or air conditioned room that's yeah. kind of sealed off, and you know especially when it's cold, they're warming up in a warm place, and then all of a sudden they got a pitch on the field, which is is colder. Mm-hmm. so that's what the pitcher said even before they moved that they they would rather warm up under game conditions. and so I think you know maybe that I maybe that's that. something to do with with how the pitching staff is doing, and they'll have to, they'll have to adjust to that.
3: Al well, the Rockies tonight, the first of three out in Colorado. Well, possibly, depending on that weather that you <laughs> talked about yeah. a little bit earlier. And uh, did you see uh, the National Monday Night Baseball game for tonight?
2: No, I, have, I haven't.
3: It's the Mets and the Giants. Yeah. Talk about dysfunction. Yeah. Uh,
2: it's,
3: <laughs> come to the really stars, you're not one of those two teams.
2: Yeah, they didn't pick that game very carefully, did they, for a <laughs> no, national game? Not, but, yeah, I mean, you know, the Giants got injury problems, and the Mets, my God, though, what what <laughs> is wrong with that team? Nobody seems to like playing there.
3: No, no, and if it's uh, not somebody getting in trouble, well, they got some sexual devices sitting behind them in pictures. I saw.: That's, Only the that's,
1: that's all time. I don't know if you saw that.: <laughs> I, did,
2: I did see that, and it's like really oh. got to be a little more careful what you put out on in Twitter.
1: Yeah, very true. That's very awesome. True. Thank you, Al: Thanks for having me. See you, bud there you go. Al Yellen, Bleed Clubby Blue on the Draft House 50 line. Let me tell you a quick story. Oh boy. Now, now that you mentioned the dildo that was on that uh, Twitter shot.
3: <laughs> uh, I'm nervous where this story is going to go. Jimmy. long time ago,
1: doing some TV stuff, and they used to have an indoor soccer league called the Major Indoor Soccer League. All right. Okay. Seems right up your road. Yep. So I was doing the games on TV. Mm-hmm. So the Baltimore Blast,
3: the Baltimore Blast. Still win, nervous about where this story's going, Jimmy B. Win,
1: win the championship, right? Okay. So they, in my headset upstairs, the guy says, all right, you've got about four minutes to get down to the locker room for player interviews. Okay. So I go racing down, get down there, hand me the microphone, get the uh I f b plugged into my ears so I could hear everybody told him I'm ready to go. Coach comes over, and we're doing the interview with the coach mm-hmm. unfortunately the where the camera guy had set up it was the entry door to the lock to the shower area, yeah, and it was like a wanger parade going back and forth. Behind the coach, walking into the shower while we were doing the interview.
3: <laughs> this Uncomfortable. Is,
1: this is live TV. And it's a wanger parade. Oh, boy. Oh, man. I mean, people are screaming, screaming in my ear. I got nothing to do with it. I can't see what's going on. I'm conducting the interviews. I'm interviewing the coach, Kenny Cooper. Great interview, by the way. I'm sure but it was the background that's that's when you learn that you set up an interview area so you don't
3: have those situations gives hanging with mr cooper a completely different <laughs> connotation <laughs> Jimmy B and TC, the Big Talker, 1700. Coming up next, Rob Doster. Going to talk some hoops with him here on the Big Talker.
0: 1700 KBGG is the Big Talker in Des Moines. With Jimmy B and TC, noon to 3, sports talk that rocks. 1700 KBGG.
1: It's a family membership add-on special.
4: It's Aspen, West Glen, Town Center, West Des Moines.
0: Hi there, this is Sammy Hagar here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. Now, style's a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody else's business. Please, plan ahead. Designate before you celebrate. Because friends do not let friends drive drunk.
2: A public service message brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters and the Ad Council.
3: Hey, it's Jimmy B. And TC for Draft House 50 on Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Hey, Draft
1: House 50 has 47 big screen TVs for great viewing of any game. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, golf, tennis, you name it. Hey, the Draft House 50 can get it, even cricket.
6: See you said.
0: Your honor, I stand before you to prove that AT&T's 2-year price guarantee is the ultimate all-included bundle experience. Order. I submit Exhibit A, Direct Select all-included package with over 145 channels. Exhibit B, monthly fees for Wi-Fi gateway, Genie HD DVR, and 3 additional receivers included. Objection. Overruled. Exhibit C, reliable high-speed internet and digital home phone to four hundred eighty dollars for TV, one hundred eighty dollars for internet equipment, non-return, under fees conditions apply. Call for details. Offer ends one twenty one seventeen. Jim Brunson, Trent Condon, it's Jimmy B and TC on seventeen hundred K B G G, live from the Wolf Construction studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Here's Jim and Trent.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome back in. We roll till 3 o'clock today. Uh, it's always fun when Rob Doster takes a few minutes with us. He's uh, on the program today, NBC Sports. Uh, he's on the Draft House 50 Hotline Mills Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Hey, Rob, how are you, man?
7: What's going on, man? How we doing?
1: Just doing a, another radio show, making fools out of ourselves. It's one of the things that, uh, you know, we were, we're good getting, at we, Yeah, we're good at it. We, we like it. Uh, <laughs> let's start with uh, the upcoming NBA draft. And it seems to me, Rob, that once again, so many guys are going to enter the draft that don't have a snowball's chance in hell to even be drafted in the second round. Is there any way that you can get in kids' heads and let them know that you're just not ready yet?
7: You know, I'm kind of torn on that because selfishly, I want everyone to stay in school for as long as humanly possible because... You know, I write about this, and I have to watch this all the time. And I want the best basketball possible for me to be able to watch because mm-hmm. it's good for me. And You know, if it's good for me, uh, that, that, that's what I'm pulling for. Like I well, said, it's, so. good, it's
1: but, good for us. It's good for us, too.
7: Yeah, but, you know, I, I think that you kind of have to look at every single one of these situations individually instead of, um, you know, just kind of like as a big picture. Like take James Blackman, for example, right, at Indiana. Uh-huh. He's leaving with a year of eligibility remaining. But he also graduated. He's got nothing left to prove at the college level. Everyone knows what he is. He's the guy that shoots the the, the hell out of the ball, but you know, he's not really a great defender. He, he is what he is. There's nothing that's going to happen if he comes back in the year for another year of college. It's going to make him be a better NBA player. So if he can go out there and you know get one of these contracts where you can – so it, the D-League now, they, they've changed some things. There's now – all right, so – Every NBA team starting next year in the new CBA is going to have something called two two-way players, right? So you get those fifteen roster spots, and then they have two two-way players that they basically pay seventy-five thousand dollars guaranteed, right? And then they get um, every day that they're on an NBA roster, they get a certain amount of money up to two hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars total for the year. And each team gets two of those players. It's basically a young guy that you know they want to claim his right and they want to develop him within their program. And within their their uh, their organization, but they don't want to use a roster spot on him because he's not quite good enough. Those players have to be under three years uh, worth of NBA experience. So it's like if you want to go draft, like I don't know, um, uh, a young guy that, that you know is going to have to be like two or three years in the league before he's ready. It allows you to offer a competitive salary instead of having them go overseas, where they kind of get out of the organization, and you don't know exactly what kind of training they're getting you are not going to get guaranteed paychecks. You don't know what they're eating, all that kind of stuff. So it keeps them stateside. And then you also get, for the 25 NBA teams that have D-League affiliates, you get four affiliate players where well, you can pay them $50,000 to come to training camp, and then on top of it, they get the $26,000 D-League salary. So that opens up four more spots for each of those 25 teams. So essentially, there are 160 more spots and jobs stateside this year for young players that NBA teams want to take a chance to develop where you make anywhere between $76,000 and $275,000. Okay. So there's still money to be made if you want to leave college. And, like, look, man, I get it. At some point, the ball's going to stop bouncing, right? And $275,000, even if they make that for the next three years, that's not like a life changing amount of money, right? You're still going to have to find something to do afterwards. But a lot, of MBA, or a lot of college programs, what they offer now are lifetime scholarships where essentially if you go and you play basketball there even if it's for just one year whatever you want you can come back and you have the rest of your your education paid for by oh, the okay. university okay so it's i get it like a lot of these kids are probably making the wrong decision a lot of them probably should come back and I would want them to come back but it's not like you know it's just this idea that these kids are ruining their lives like no they're they're going to make it for the most part, if you're good enough, you're probably going to make a pretty good living playing basketball somewhere. And if you're only going to be able to make that money as a basketball player until you're like 28, 29, 30 years old, I, you know I don't really blame them for wanting to go out and, and start capitalizing on some of their athletic ability. If you really want to keep these kids in school, you know what you got to do? Get rid of amateurism. Let the colleges pay them, right? <laughs> yeah. If, you're telling me that. Indiana would not be able, like those boosters at that program would not be able to find a way to get James Blackman whatever his salary would be in the D League, to match it. Okay, like you want to get rid of? Yeah, you, know, you want to get? You want these kids staying in school? Let them get paid. Like they can get paid being professionals, because for the most part, the good ones are already like. Let's be honest. They probably are, right? So, open up that avenue for money to come in, and you know these guys are going to stay there. But at this point. If you're telling me that like, the first year when you graduate, you have a chance to go get a job as a 20 year old where you can make 275 thousand dollars and not get drafted,
8: uh-huh.
7: go for it, man. It's kind of hard for me to say no.
3: Rob, uh, you play a hip guy on your podcast and, and you're writing over at NBC Sports. You wait, got, man, your, wait, you man, got you... your big baller shoes yet?
7: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I did not get my big baller shoes. I don't. I think since I graduated college, which was a decade ago. I don't know if I've spent $495 total on shoes, right? And I like shoes. Like, I'll I'll, I'll spend $150 on shoes if they're a nice pair of shoes or basketball shoes, but, like, I'm not spending $500 on them. Here's my thing, right? Look, I respect the ambition. I respect the hustle. I respect the idea that LeVar Ball, instead of working for a company, I respect the idea where he says, you know, like, we want to make this for ourselves. I don't want to be part of some large multinational corporation that's going to give me pennies on the dollar for whatever I'm worth, right? I want to build it myself. I want them to build it for my sons, for themselves. I respect that. But it's also, if you're going to go out and spend $495 on a pair of shoes from a company that we've never actually seen make a shoe, you know, if you get, take it for that $495, then I mean, that's on you for for being a sucker. And, and you know, I... And the idea of, I don't even want to hate on them for the idea of, of, of spending that much money because all these people, like, look at who's Chad Johnson. Michael Bennett bought two pairs. You have all these sneakerheads that are just going to go out and buy a pair. People will spend that money. I bet he netted, there was a report from Nice Kicks, uh, which is like a sneakerhead website, that they tracked the inventory on the site. And they said that for the first 24 hours that uh, the, those shoes were available, They ended up grossing like $157,000, right? Uh Which is pretty nice for for 24 hours. And that's, you know, it's essentially like a Kickstarter, right? That's all he did was he just had people donate some money. Now he's going to start getting all the stuff that he needs to actually be able to put that business together. Hopefully money is still going to be coming in. Um, So, you know, I I respect it, but like I'm not spending $495 on any shoes. There is nothing. Forget that it's just like the Lonzo Balls, the Air Lonzos, whatever they call them,
3: those shoes. There is
7: not a single pair of shoes that I would spend $495 on. I'm with,
3: I'm with, you. with you. I'm with you. I think all my shoes combined that I have yeah. in the closet right now are probably not worth $495 brand new in that one. Hey, so, you know, we keep an eye on Steve Alford at UCLA. And now you got brother number two of the Ball family coming in. LiAngelo's not very good. Dad's not changing. <laughs> Is this gonna be a disaster for Alford and the Bell family before the third brother, who is pretty good, is even yeah. gonna get there? how do you expect this to play out?
7: Let's put it like this. There's a reason that Steve Alford was so heavily connected with Indiana during that coaching search. And I don't think it's because Indiana wanted him quite as badly as uh was probably led to believe. I think Steve Alford really wanted out not just because like he wanted Indiana, Indiana kid played at Indiana, played for Bob Knight, like part of that, like I get it, right? But it's also like I don't think that I want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. I don't think he wants to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And like I, the idea that look, Luento is good, right? It's not like he's a bad basketball player, but he's he's a little slow. He's a little heavy. Um, he's like a spot up shooter. He's going to make a lot of threes. He's going to shoot the, the you know, He's going to shoot it well. But I just don't know. He's not. He's not the guy that. Um, he's not Lonzo. And I don't even think he's going to be as good as Lamento. And, you know, deep down, I think that LeVar probably realizes that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this idea that he's like this big, dumb, doofus yelling on TV and stuff like that, he, he's a bright guy. He knows, he knows what he's doing. And I think that he realizes that LeAngelo probably is not the same player that Lonzo is. So um, it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. But I'll tell you what, man, having LeVar ball around college basketball for another three years is really good for the page views on the uh, website that I work for. That so I'm not true. complaining yeah. about it.
1: Boy, you got that right, Rod Duster's our guest. NBC Sports. We're doing some college hoop conversation right now. Um, Rob, we've got the uh, camp coming up in Chicago, and they've invited—jeez, I, I forget what the number is, but it's like a hundred guys, and then they have alternates as as well. Are the majority of these guys actually going to play? Or are they going to do the interviews and not do anything athletically?
7: I think the total was 77 were invited, 10 declined invites like Josh Jackson and Lonzo Ball some of like the biggest names just declined to invites and then I would say probably half are going to be guys at play um, half are going to be guys that just do interviews and measurements half but, and then maybe there are going to be some that just do the interviews and don't bother talking or don't bother doing anything on the court, um, you know, to make you bring them into a workout to be able to see what they do. doing. But it's just that's so they, that the agents can kind of like control that flow of information, right? Like if you want to make sure that you're not going to work out for someone who's going to trade up and you want, don't want to go to that spot. If, if there's a weakness in the game, you want to hide that a little bit. So um, it's it's weird how that whole process works, but it's just, that's kind of the way it is. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing that you're going to get from seeing five-on-five at five the Combine that you can't figure out based off of, you know, what happened at, like, Portsmouth or, you know, the hours and hours and hours video of every game for you guys to watch. So, um, I mean, it just kind of is what it is. I think the biggest thing for the Combine, it's not for the top guys, is to figure out who you want to get, like, at the end of the first round or in the second round or if there's any guys that you want to uh, – you know, take a flyer on as an undrafted free agent, or if you know you want to make someone one of those two-way players. That you can get. So I think that it's better for those guys, anyway. And I wouldn't mind even if they invited a couple more people just to give other guys a shot. Mm-hmm.
3: Last thing for you, Rob. Uh, article last week that you had at NBCSports.com talking about the Big Ten. We knew uh, that they were going to have to move around the conference slate because of the Big Ten basketball tournament being at Madison Square Garden and being played a week earlier than normal here. Uh, they're going to be playing the games, two conference games, the first weekend in December. On the surface, seems like uh, certainly a scary proposition. And then you couple that with the fact that teams that get beat early in the Big Ten tournament, they're going to have two weeks off before they play in the NCAA tournament. It's going to guess the coaches aren't real pleased about that.
7: Yeah, they're not. The ones that I talked to agree with me that it's a pretty dumb idea. Like I get why it's happening, but it's just you really need to have your – conference tournament in Madison Square Garden that badly that you'd be willing to do it a week early, I just, it, it's foolish. Like, here's the toughest thing about it, right? So Your first two conference games, are, it's going to be two games played within three days. You're either going to play on Friday, Sunday, or Saturday, Monday, and it's going to be one road, one home. That's the same week as the ACC Big Ten Challenge, right? Mm, okay. so that means that every team in the Big Ten is going to play one of their most important non-conference games, on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, right? And then they're either going to play Friday, Sunday for their first two uh, conference games, or they're going to play Saturday, Monday for the first two conference games. All in the span of a week, all the week after Thanksgiving. And don't forget, over Thanksgiving, that is when a lot of those uh, those, those mid-season tournaments take place. Mm-hmm. So how about Michigan State and Ohio State? They're going to go play three games in four days at the Knight Invitational in Portland. And then they're either going to have to play a road game in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and then they're going to have to play a home and a road game for the Big Ten Conference Tournament, and all of that starts less than two weeks after the season begins. It's crazy. Pretty dumb to me.
1: Yeah. Always good, man, when you take time with us. Thank you, Rob. Have a great day. By the way, I've got a an old pair of uh, red ball jet tennis shoes. If you'd like to buy them for about eighty cents.
7: Well, if you guys are interested, in the next month, we're going to be releasing the Air Rob Doster. So uh, maybe we'll have the, the announcement live on your show. That'll
1: be awesome. Looking forward to those. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. See you, buddy. Take care, guys. Okay, man. There you go. Rob Doster, NBC Sports. Jimmy Tc, The Big Talker, 1700.
0: The Big Talker, 1700 KBGG. We talk about your life and your money on the Dave Ramsey Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on
2: 1700 B G G.
3: Can you
0: finish this little ad phrase bounty the quicker right most people know it's the quicker picker-upper but this message isn't about paper towels it's about how your memory works why is it you remember certain ad messages and literally hundreds of songs that you never set out to memorize that's the power of sound it can make a good tune or a good idea stick now here's a question would you like to learn the five secrets of making a message for your business sticky you know, memorable and powerful, then just call us and ask to speak to our ad strategy manager. He'd be glad to share them with you, no obligation. The good thing is, with radio, you can afford to get sticky. Then when someone's in the market for what you sell, who are they going to remember? If you want them to remember you, take advantage of radio the power of
7: sound. Hi, this is Clint Burkhall. If you'd like to learn the five secrets of a powerful campaign, just call me here at the station 331-9200. We are glad to share them.
9: Mother's Day is this Sunday and Pro Flowers is offering an amazing special. 100 stunning blooms for mom plus a free glass face for $19.99 plus shipping and handling. Go to ProFlowers.com click on the blue microphone in the upper right corner and enter the secret code 0500. But hurry, this incredible deal expires this Friday with fresh flowers, guaranteed delivery, and unique vases and accessories that mom will love, ProFlowers has everything you need to get your Mother's Day shopping done for all the moms you know. Order now from Pro Flowers to get huge savings. You pick the delivery date and it's guaranteed or your money back. 100 colorful blooms sent fresh from the fields and guaranteed to stay fresh and beautiful for at least 7 days starting at $19.99 and we'll include a free glass vase. Hurry, Mother's Day is this Sunday and this incredible special expires this Friday. The only The only way to get this amazing deal is to go to ProFlowers.com. Click on the blue microphone in the upper right corner and enter the secret code 0500. That's ProFlowers.com's secret code 0500.
0: 1700 KBGG backs the blue, and we'd like you to back them too. Each week, go to our website at 1700KBGG.com and nominate an officer who does an outstanding job. Tell us why that officer deserves a special salute. We'll select an officer weekly, share their story online and on the air and present them with a special certificate and bring their department some Brugger's bagels. Help back the blue at 1700kbgg.com.
1: It's a family membership add-on special. It's Aspen, West Glen, Town Center, West Des Moines. Jim
0: Brenson, Trent Condon, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Live from the Wolf Construction Studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Here's Jim and Trent.
3: Rolling through a Monday here. Jimmy B and TC will take you up until 3 o'clock this afternoon. Let's get back out to the Draft House 50 hotline. Hit a lot of topics this hour. Time to go next to the Big 12, a little Big 12 football talk. Spring games all in the rearview mirror, starting to take a look forward at the 2017 season. And from Heartland College Sports, our man Pete Mundo with us on the Draft House 50 hotline. Pete, good afternoon.
8: Trent, uh, how's everything going? We're about, what, 115 days away from college football, so I'm anxiously counting down
3: that sounds very good we're getting closer and closer we'll get through the summer months never want to wish away your summertime but football getting here is always a good thing on top of it well let's start at the top oklahoma most people's pick but they're cross state brethren starting to get more and more buzz in fact i saw just the other day espn their post spring practice had them in their top 25 at number six Break up the Cowboys already? <laughs>
8: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, um, I think that's one of those stories that as we get closer to the season and some of the national people start picking apart the conference and looking closer at these teams, Oklahoma State's going to continue to become more popular and, and keep rising. You know, OU's the easy call, back to back Big 12 titles, you know, Baker Mayfield, the guy that's top five in the Heisman coming back. But there's a lot of question marks for OU when you look at. Running back position, who are they going to have there? Uh, You know, some issues on defense, wide receiver. So, OU is going to be great, but Oklahoma State, they've got a couple transfers coming in as well a cornerback and Adrian Baker, an offensive lineman filling two big holes as grad transfers. And then, along with a massive wide receiving group that is going to be the best in the country, Mason Rudolph. There's so much to like about the guys in Stillwater. There's just not that marquee name. So, that's just something that as time goes on, College football fans across the country and media people across the country are going to start to like Oklahoma State even more and more.
1: Hmm, That's be interesting, Pete. Uh, you know, I'm just curious because there is. It seems like summer never really is going to end, and everybody is so hungry for college football to begin. Is there going to be, in your mind, a story that blows up again in the off season?
8: Well, Jimmy, I hope not. I mean, I hope right. we're just talking about what's going on on the field. Uh, whether or not there is, you know, it, it's hard for me to kind of make that kind of prediction. I'm sure there will be because it's 2017 and it's, uh, you know, a, a world where social media, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter can blow something up uh, in the span of seconds. So am I betting on some big off-season storyline happening? I am. Do I have any idea where that's going to be? I don't.
1: Okay, fair enough. Is the Baylor stuff maybe finally put to rest?
8: Well, there's still lawsuits out there. So the the long and short of that to me is no, it's not put to rest, and it will continue to be covered until all these various lawsuits are settled. But I think for the most part now, Baylor is just kind of um, putting out small fires. The big fire has been put to rest, and the quicker they can get on the field and we can start talking about what Matt Rule is doing Um, To that program, you know, on the sidelines, on the field, the better off Baylor is. So I think for the most part, the story is over, but it's not totally done and it won't be totally done for possibly years.
3: Pete, uh, with the NFL draft a couple weeks ago, there was a lot of talk about the numbers being down in the Big 12 number of draftable players that they had. We've seen the recruiting rankings take a dip across the board. Is this a major indictment of the Big 12 as a whole, or is it just the cyclical nature of college sports, and right now there's a bit of a dip down out of the Big 12?
8: Well, I wish it was cyclical right now, Trent, but it's not, and here's why. You look at the top recruits in the country from the state of Texas, where the Big 12 has traditionally owned that landscape over the past generation, and they just don't anymore. You have Alabama, you have SEC West teams infiltrating Texas, Um, You have Big Ten teams. Ohio State got three top Texas players to go there this past recruiting cycle. So it's a problem for the Big 12, and they've got to really get back to owning the state of Texas, uh, and and that starts with the University of Texas, with Tom Herman, with the Longhorns, and then also schools like OU, who have done a good job, of course, in Texas. But, uh, you know, it's not like 25 years ago, when Barry Switzer would just go down there take the guys he wants and that was kind of it you know that has changed a little bit but i'd like to see all the big 12 teams get back to recruiting texas heavily knowing that's their bread and butter you know you got four teams in that state you're going to play it's a great sell to recruits even if you're iowa state hey we're playing at least a couple of road games in the state of texas every year that your family can go watch that's pretty good and i think the big 12 in general has to get back to doing that
1: um it is I know that you focus in on, on Big Twelve, but you cover a lot of college football. Jim Harbaugh in Michigan in Italy. Is this is this gonna be like the new deal, the new trend, or is it just Harbaugh being Harbaugh?
8: Well luckily that's one of those things, guys, that the college football uh, NCAA is is putting an end to. So Harbaugh got that deal through before they changed the rules. So mm-hmm going forward, that's that, that's not going to be happening because that would just create a larger gap between the haves and the have-nots where you can sell a kid on, hey, we're going to go to Italy this offseason. <laughs> we're doing this, that, the next thing. you, you know, That would just in, embolden the Michigan's, Ohio State's, and Texas of the world. So luckily that's being kind of put to rest um, with this latest rule movement and what's going on, which is to me a very good thing for college football because – you don't want to continue to create such a massive gap between the Blue Bloods and everybody else in college.
3: Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports, with we, as we look at the Big 12 Conference. Pete, uh, before we let you go, uh, Iowa State, the Cyclones, our local team obviously here, just your take on this team. After the spring, what Matt Campbell's building, I saw Vegas, uh, when they're coming out with their lines, they're going to, at one spot, open up the Cyclones over-under on the win total this year at five certainly a lot higher than the two-and-a-half threes that we've seen the last couple of seasons. Do you see that big green arrow pointing up for the Cyclones in 2017?
8: Yeah, I think there's a lot of momentum right now for uh, for the Cyclones. The biggest issue for the Cyclones is that there is not, um, you know, that guaranteed outside of maybe Kansas, who's also getting better, there's not like that guaranteed win or game on the schedule. Um, and that's kind of the the – what happens when you have a round robin so i think the absolute trend though is upwards for this team for this program You look at how many close games they had last year that they lost but you know against good teams whether it was oklahoma oklahoma state um you know they fought in a lot of those games and now you have a full off season under matt campbell he talked about it after the spring game how much better this team is after this spring compared to last spring jacob park back a quarterback has a year under his belt wide receivers, running back Lazard, Montgomery, etc., and then some Juco's on the defensive line. Um, I would be very excited right now if I was an Iowa State fan relative to what the expectations have been over the past several years.
1: The uh, number that has been posted is like five, five and a half some places over under. If you're an Iowa State fan, that's a heck of a lot better than the three that they have seen the past few seasons.
8: Yeah, uh, it's That should be exciting right off the bat. Um, It's also a bold number. I mean, you know, look at the schedule, and, you know, you find yourself maybe two, three guaranteed wins. You're going to have to work to get to that five or six number. I'm not saying they can't, but it's a lot of credit to Iowa State that Vegas has them uh, right in that ballpark where they're going to be potentially playing in a bowl game next year if all goes well.
3: If the Big 12 champion doesn't come out of the state of Oklahoma this year with the Sooners and the Cowboys, who wins it?
8: That's a great question, Trent. And that's something that um, if I put my money on it right now, it's Kansas State. Um, veteran quarterback, a, a loaded Bill Snyder team uh, on defense. The secondary is outstanding, which in the Big 12 you need. Um, you're returning some quality guys on that defensive line as well. Um, and then, you know, you're having what's going to be, I think, at the running back position, a, a group of running backs and a depth at running back. That few in the conference going to be able to match so i think this is one of those years kind of like that 2012 season where kansas state's going to come out of nowhere and become a nationally relevant team mm-hmm.
1: interesting would bill snyder call it quits then or do you think that he's just going to go until he can't go anymore
8: well bill Snyder's going to go until basically someone says hey your son's got the job okay. and i'm not sure if that's ever going to happen <laughs> so he may be there for another 10 years i i can't i mean you know guy's obviously battling cancer, but he's still um, feisty. He's in, right. For the most part, he's gotten over this thing. He's in good health. He's uh, mentally he's totally there. So I, I think, you know, if Bill Snyder wins a national championship, then, yes, he'll hang it up. But, you know, winning a Big 12 title or, you know, first or second in the Big 12, I don't see any reason why he would just totally upend and quit unless, once again, they say Sean's got the job and everybody's happy.
3: Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports on the Draft House 50 hotline. Pete, as always, good catching up with you. We'll be doing it a lot throughout the summer.
1: Take care, guys. Thank you, Pete. That's always good stuff with him. Uh, Coming up at the top of the hour, Kevin Lehman is going to join us. The coaches versus cancer golf big extravaganza is uh, what, this Friday? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, we'll chat. We're going to uh, talk with Kevin. Uh, we'll get into some uh, hoops conversation with him as well. It's going to be a, a good conversation. Jimmy BNTC, The Big Talker, 1700.
0: The big games play here. Westwood One Sports on Des Moines Station for News Talk Sports. 1700 KBGG.
6: See you soon.
4: thousands
5: it's time for breakfast at burger king remember at burger king i
8: got the three for 89 cent pancake deal yeah i tried to take one but
4: the 89 cents yeah
8: you can spare
0: one i understand but you know what i said well you said respect the stack and did you
6: no because i like pancakes <laughs> <laughs>
7: respect that stack. get three pancakes for just 89 cents that's three fluffy golden pancakes for 89 cents now at burger king here's another great breakfast deal two croissant sandwiches for just four dollars only at burger king limited time at participating
5: burger king restaurant
4: <clears throat>
5: as a 300 foot tall dino monster people think all i'm good at is rampaging but
8: there's more to me than that just like geico yeah, they could save you money, but they also have over 75 years of savings and service. So GEICO is super good at insurance. And yeah, I like rampaging. But I'm also a huge fan of all
0: GEICO. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. The key to success? Keep it simple. Especially when it comes to hiring. And nobody makes it easier than Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes. Set up screener questions. Manage your candidates from one dashboard. According to an independent study, five times more hires are made through Indeed than any other job site. New users claim your $50 credit to post a sponsored job at Indeed.com slash credit. Indeed, the world's number one job site. Terms, conditions, and quality standards apply.
9: This Mother's Day, let Jared turn your feelings into jewelry. Jewelry that tells her she's the best thing that ever happened to you in a way that goes beyond words. It could be a piece jewelry designers created just for Jared or a piece we custom made just for you. Because we're more than a store that sells beautiful jewelry. We're jewelers. The one unique gift that makes her Mother's Day unforgettable. That's why he went to Jared.
5: For Wolf Construction, A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Wolf
0: 1700. KBGG. Des Moines. A Cumulus Station.
1: I like it!
0: Big news, big talk, and big sports.